It's not by our abilities. I'm so grateful. God bless you this evening. Good to see you all here. And I, just gotta, I have one announcement. I'm going to get out of the way so I don't forget it because I tend to do that. We're going to take up an offering tomorrow evening and then on Sunday morning as well. So if you'd like to be prepared to give towards the work and the meetings, the man of God, that'll be your opportunity tomorrow evening, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. That's all the administrative stuff. Now we can just worship and not be distracted. Praise the Lord. I want to sing There Are Two Roads in key of D, if we can do it in D, please. Set your wings to the wind, winds of faith. I don't even think we hardly need the words to this song. There are two roads. Let's sing that together. Oh, there are two roads that you can take. One by side and one by Just take 
We're going to open the service in a word of prayer this evening. Brother Jeremiah Levon, could I ask you to come if you would, please? It's good to have you here with us this evening. We could just open the service for us in a word of prayer. We don't have any written prayer requests. We know that God sees every need. Amen. Come, Brother Jeremiah. Let's all bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this evening, Lord, knowing that you are an almighty God, Father. Lord, you answer every need, Lord. You have provided everything that we would have need of, O God. And Lord, tonight I would just say to anyone here, Father, may they not look to the left or to the right to their friends, Lord. May they look to you, O God. May they not leave you with dirty feet, O God. May they look to you and grab their need, Father. Whatever they need, may they claim it tonight, O God. Father, move the speaker aside, Lord. May your Holy Spirit just come down and permeate this place, Father. Lord, you are here in our midst, Father. We speak the name of Jesus, the almighty, powerful name of Jesus. Oh, God, you are worthy of every praise that we can give, oh, God. Lord, may we just worship in spirit and in truth, Lord. Lord, just move everyone aside. The thoughts of tomorrow, Lord, what we have is tonight. And that's all we have until we know we can meet again, Father. Lord, may this be the last night. May we just think that this is all we've got. So, Father, may we just pull whatever we have need of, O God. Just speak to every heart and every need, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. We thank you for your mighty word, O God. We just look to you now, the author and finisher of our faith. We just ask these things in the precious and holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Why don't you greet the person sitting next to you or standing next to you, and then you can have your seats. Amen. God bless you all that have gathered here tonight. We're so happy to have you with us. We just want to extend a warm welcome to you and trust that you'll be blessed in the service this evening. Amen. I'm going to invite Brother Matthias here, Brother Matty, all the way from Hungary. He's going to come and sing for us just as he does. Let's sing, So I'm Casting All My Cares on You. I know you love me. So I'm casting all my cares on you.
Just a little testimony before I sing this song. Uh, yesterday evening, I was feeling pretty sick. Afternoon, I was feeling pretty sick, and and after the dinner, I went out and uh, asked Brother Murphy to to pray for me because uh, I really didn't feel well, and and uh, and I just after he prayed, I didn't feel any difference, but I I claimed it, and and the afternoon service when the, the evening service went down and. I felt so good and, and just, just totally healed. So praise God for that. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no Jesus is the way, Jesus is the answer for the world today, above him there's no other, oh cause Jesus is the way, Jesus is the answer for the world today, above him there's no other, oh For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. If you have some questions in the corners of your mind and traces of discouragement, oh, and peace you cannot find. Reflection of the old past, they face you every day. There's one thing I know for sure that Jesus is the way. Oh, oh Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other room. Jesus is the Jesus is the way, oh, oh, I know you've got mountains that you think you cannot climb, oh, I know that your skies are dark, you think the sun won't shine, oh, in case you don't know, oh, but the word of God is true, oh, and everything that he promised, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other, cause Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other, Jesus is the way. Oh, 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 Jesus. 
say once Jesus is not obligated to give you the answer he is the answer and if you have Jesus you have the answer amen we're gonna have one more special before we turn the service uh, to the ministering of the word why don't we have brother Josiah Aho Sister Joanna Burgess why don't you go ahead and come amen we'll just go ahead and maybe just have you directly come now and we'll sing after stood in the courtroom the judge turned my way it looks like you're guilty now what do you say I spoke of your honor I have no fans but that's when mercy I 
Greetings, everyone. God bless you. Nice to see you all here this evening. Have we been having a jubilee? My, my goodness. I thought last night we'd be raptured. Then for sure, this morning, I thought we'd really be raptured. But here we are. So if somebody's holding back, come on. Let's just worship the living God this evening. Amen. We've been enjoying the fellowship around the Word of God that's been unveiled in this hour. We've been seeing the quality and the level of the Word that is lifting a bride into heavenly places. And for the church at Cloverdale Bible Way, I am sure you've seen how that every minister, the titles, the message, the thoughts, Brother Wayne covered them all. And then some. And then Brother David came and gave the icing on the cake this morning. We've just been having a jubilee. So we want to welcome everyone that has joined with us this evening in various north, south, east, and west positions. But there's one person I really need to address. You know how it is when you come to the pulpit and you've got so many things on your mind and you want to introduce the guest speaker. But there wouldn't be a guest speaker without this special lady. And sister in Christ. Sister Carissa Lawson, where are you? Where are you? Would you please stand? God bless you. Amen. 
Brother Ed, Hammermeister, Sister Sandy, all the way from Edmonton and a group of the saints from Edmonton. God bless you. Thank you for joining with us, your little licks of fire. Amen. We're looking for a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. We've been singing a little song as we bring Brother Wayne Lawson to the pulpit tonight. He doesn't really need too much introduction. He's famous. He has blessed our church. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. So we want to we want to pull on the gift of God. I don't care what where you are in your spiritual life. You can say I can want to go a little higher. I want Jesus to come down through his unveiled word and speak to my heart this evening. Why don't we stand?
mighty God and he is worthy of all the praise and honor that we could give him we want to give you greetings tonight in the name of the Lord and welcome each one of you and if you wasn't with us last night and this morning we've been just enjoying the presence of the Lord and amen and trust that we will continue to do so we're uh, highly honored to be here tonight and it's a great privilege of ours to stand here in this platform to speak in this camp and and to have our wife, uh, Sister Carissa, and have Brother Brian, Sister Lucille with us. We appreciate them coming all the ways. One of our deacons back home, and man, he's come out to fellowship with us. We appreciate him, and amen, you here at Bible Way for hosting this camp and allowing us to speak for you. I say God bless you, and uh, standing here where, where there's been some mighty men stand, and uh, who are our heroes in faith, and Amen. And uh, matter of fact, I'm bringing you greetings from Brother Ron Spencer. He said, please greet the people for me. So God bless you from Brother Ron. And amen. And uh, we're sure praying for him tonight. Amen. And uh, we want to bring you greetings from our pastor, Brother Ray Erickson, True Word Tabernacle, and greeting from all the saints there. Amen. Tonight, we just want to, we have a few things up on our heart, and we're praying God to give us some mercy. Amen. If we could just bow our hearts tonight for a word of prayer, just before we go to the word of the Lord, we're going to pray. Father, it has been a great privilege and honor to come into this camp and to, Lord, to see your great presence already begin to move among us, Lord. And Father, it's as though the entire atmosphere is just charged with your anointing. Now, Father, we know you're here. We're not praying for you to come tonight. Lord, we're making you welcome. We're acknowledging your presence in this place and speaking here among us. And Lord, how you've moved. And Lord, we welcome you. It's, a prophet said it's, the problem is not that you aren't here. It's that you can't get entrance to where you want to go. Well, tonight, Lord, we want to wo- open every channel. We throw open every door, Lord. And we ask you to come in beyond, Lord, and as we lift up the gates, let that great conqueror walk down the aisles of our heart tonight, Father. And we ask you here in this meeting tonight that you would bring your anointed presence, Lord, to speak to hearts and lives. And, and Lord, that you would change situations. We know there's been many needs that's brought into this building tonight. And we ask you that you would just take control, Lord. Now, as we commit this service into thy faithful name, Lord, before this people, before the congregation, Lord, we admit our our littleness, Lord, and our inability to say or do one thing to help. But, Lord Jesus, if you would be so kind to move, Lord, tonight in this meeting, we'll give you all the honor and the glory and the praise. Lord, and we'll tell it far and wide what you have done among us. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And 
God bless you tonight. If you have your Bibles, we would like to look into the Word of the Lord, the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter. Uh, I just want to take a couple of scriptures here, and then I'll let you be seated. Amen. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Thank you, musicians. That's been a beautiful song service. We certainly enjoy. Thank the Lord for it. Amen. In Matthew chapter 7 and the 28th verse. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority. And not as the scribes. We ask the Lord to bless his word tonight. As you may be seated. I want to speak to you. If I can. Upon the authority. Of the new creation. Upon the authority. Of the new creation. Amen. I I believe that we are living. In some very special times. Amen. In the season that we're living. Amen. And uh, I I have some things here. uh, That have been. Just dealing with me, and I, I've been speaking back home a little bit upon them, and uh, I just wanted to maybe share with you some of the things, Amen. That uh, that we've been looking at, and I want to talk to you about uh, the authority of the new creation, which I believe that we are that new creation, Amen. I certainly believe that, Amen. Now the scriptures uh, uh, says that Jesus he taught differently than the scribes. He taught as one having authority. Now, Jesus did have authority, had great authority, and he used it and spoke it and actually exercised this authority, which he was showing as the head of the new race of people, the new creation. Now, Jesus was the first of your race of the God-men, amen, and he was the head of this race, And he was here exercising the authority of that race and what they would have when he come upon the earth. In Matthew, the 17th chapter, it was God himself from heaven that identified this by a voice. If you remember in the scripture when Jesus came unto his baptism, it was John, as he was baptizing him, said a voice spoke out of heaven and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell. But it was a few days later that Jesus went up on Mount Transfiguration in Matthew, the 17th chapter. And when he went up on the top, remember, it was a great cloud that overshadowed them. And I don't believe it was just a thunder cloud, but it was a cloud of the glory of God. Amen. And this cloud overshadowed them. And the Bible said a voice spoke out of that cloud and said, this is my beloved son. Same thing that was said at the Jordan. But this time there was something added to it. It says, in whom I'm well pleased Hear ye him. Amen. Which gave us an identification of what we were to hear, what we were to listen to. What would be the authority would be Jesus Christ. He would be set in supreme authority by Almighty God. Now, when we look at this, we understand, of course, that this Mount Transfiguration happened all those years ago. Amen. And it's back there. But yet we realize, amen, that that scripture has never changed. Because in this word, hear ye him. 
is actually a direct prophecy that Christ will speak again. Amen. In the in the the message, Brother Adam will say this: a text as you would call it. I want to take a text on hear ye him. After all, he's the voice of authority. God himself witnessed this and said, hear ye him, that many voices are in the world. And there's many things going on, many doctrines, many isms. But hear ye him, the voice of final authority. He's the one that will speak. He's the one that said, heavens and earth shall pass away, but my word, it shall never pass away or never fail. So hear ye him, he's the one to listen to. Hear ye him, he's the one to listen to. Now, when the Bible said, hear ye him, it's a prophecy that he's going to speak. So the Bible wouldn't tell you to hear him if he wasn't going to speak. Now, it's written in John, the fifth chapter and the 24th verse. For he that heareth my word and believeth upon him, he says, has passed from death unto life and shall not come into condemnation. But I ask you this tonight, how are you sure the voice you're hearing is the voice of God? Unless you can trace the voice of God from the days of Jesus Christ until right now, this present moment, you are not sure sure what you are hearing. But we recognize that there has been an abstract done on the voice we're hearing tonight. Amen. And it's been chased all the way back to the corporal body of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, we realize that the Bible tells us that God would speak. Amen. Now, I'd love it how, how, how the Scripture give us things that is so powerful that he has promised to speak in the last days. Now, in the Bible, we know that God has the seven spirits. But, but God is not seven. God is one. Amen. He doesn't have seven spirits. He has one spirit, but it manifests itself. Now, to understand that, Brother Branham helps us to talk about the rainbow. And we know, amen, that rainbow has seven colors. Now, we know there's some, uh, we know there's some people trying to claim that rainbow and they, they've left out one of the colors and, amen. But you know, that rainbow was always belong to God and it always will belong to God because it was a sign of the covenant that God gave his children. Amen. Now that rainbow that we have is seven colors, but all of it's made of just one color. And that all that comes from God, that white light, that just one light makes seven colors. Y'all know how it happens. Brother Bam said you can take a diamond, and he said you have to cut the diamond in a certain way. And once a diamond is cut, you can shine one light in, and seven colors will come out of that diamond. Now, if you uh, like to study the cutting of diamonds, it's very powerful because they actually they actually cut one of them. I think it was 53 degrees exactly, and it, it, it come off exactly Isaiah 53 and 7. But you see, when diamonds are cut, and you, you take a diamond, and our Lord Jesus, when he was that master diamond, that God took our Lord Jesus and put him on the cross. And when he began to cut him, he cut him in a way that would reflect the entire nature of the living God. Now, when Second Peter wrote about this, Peter, who was upon Mount Transfiguration, remember, he said, let us add unto our faith knowledge and temperance and godliness and kindness. Then he comes to a capstone of love. Is that right? And there were seven of those colors that were represented. Now, if you take the Lord Jesus Christ and you lift him into Calvary and you cut him and then place him on the throne of God... And shine a light through him. Then his spirit will speak through seven ages. 
And every one of those ages will represent a color that is in that rainbow as God builds His covenant back into the church exactly what He said He would do. And that voice would speak in one age and then another age. And there would be seven colors that would shine down through seven church ages. It would be the same Jesus, but He would be manifesting His voice through seven messengers who was speaking in the authority as the Bible said they would be seven stars that would be in the right hand of Almighty God representing that they would have the power of the deity behind them. They wouldn't just be speaking for themselves but they would be speaking for God. And the prophet of God in this last age picked it up and said it went from Jesus to Paul to Irenaeus and he runs it right down the seven messengers until he comes to the very age that we are living in and identifies that voice of God. Now we see in this last days that that voice has been identified and the prophet who was the voice of God in that season stood there and said there's coming in the last days a true church a true bride and as she comes to this headstone she will be a super church she will be a super race as she nears that headstone now that's not what you're reading in an encyclopedia It's not coming from just somebody's idea or some scribe's theology. This is the voice of authority that is saying that that church will be a super church. It will be a super race as they near that headstone and they will be so much like him. They will be in his very image in order to be united with him. They will have to be one. They will be the very manifestation of the word of the living God. Denominations will never produce this. Denomination will never produce this. Amen. Now what we find is the scriptures are telling us. Amen. That in 1 John chapter 3 in verse 2. The Bible tells us that beloved now we are the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, we know the full adoption is is the changing of the body. But John says we are now the sons of God. Not what we will be, but what we are right now. And as we look at this tonight, we realize that something has changed. Something in the ages changed. There has been a change. There's something that's taken place. We have moved from the Son of God to the Son of Man. We have moved from denomination to the authority of a divine word that has been released into this age by the very authority of Almighty God Himself has come into this age. Now, I, I, I just sometimes place say things very plainly, and I, I like this. Is it okay if I say it plainly? This message has brought us to a Mount Transfiguration experience. There was a Jordan River and there was a Mount Transfiguration. We have had an Ohio River and a Mount Sunset. And we are at the same place in the Word that the disciples were when Jesus Christ left the earth. He has restored the order of the church back to the same authority that was on the earth. Amen. We are not here tonight trying to play catch up. We have arrived in a place if we can recognize there's been a change in the Word of God and has set this Pride in an authority that she has been restored. Now something has happened, and somebody has somebody has returned a man into the earth. Now the Bible says in John chapter one and verse twelve, 
It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. To them that believe on his name. Now many people think that in receiving Christ that we got power to become. But the, the scripture actually is speaking about liberty as sons. It's speaking about authority as sons. Do you recognize you were a son before the foundation of the world? So receiving the message did not make you a son, but it gave you the authority as a son. Amen. You're not here tonight as a servant in immaturity, but something has positioned you in the divine authority of Almighty God. Now, now the Bible is very plain in saying that this would come to us in this age. In Abraham, Brother Branham says in 1956, he said, right now we are now sons and daughters of God. Now, this is not off in the future. And we won't sometime in the future set in heavenly places. We are now seated in heavenly places right now. We are now sons and daughters of God. And it doeth not appear what we shall be in the end. But we know we'll see him for we'll have a body like his. We'll see him as he is. But now we are sons and daughters of God. But now we are sons and daughters of God. Now, in the message of the witness, Brother Adam says this, Jesus Christ is in this building tonight to perform miracles. How many believes that? Jesus Christ is in this building tonight to perform miracles. Is it not written in your Bible that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them? Yet a little while, and the world shall see me no more, but ye shall see me, for I will be with you, even in you, until the end of the world. Now, according to the divine written word of God, Jesus Christ is in this building, and he's not only in this building, he is in the tabernacle, in the bride of Jesus Christ, and the prophet of God said he is here to do miracles. He's not just here, amen, to fill up space, he is here to work miracles in this building he said but he's going to do it through his people he's here to do it but he'll do it through his people they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover in my name they shall cast out evil spirits is that right the commissions given to the church that's what's the matter with the church today it doesn't know its position if you know positionally who you was and what you are tonight There wouldn't be a feeble person in here in the next five minutes. The thing of it is you're looking for it in a millennium for something to happen. When it's already here, we are right now the sons of God. We will not be. We are right now, right now, this minute, seated in heavenly places in Christ. If you'd only recognize that, the supreme authority that Jesus has given to every believer. Now look at the power of that, the supreme, if we recognize it, then that authority would begin to manifest itself. Now in the position of a believer, 1955, Brother Brown says what he tells us what the greatest of curse of the church is. How many knows what the greatest curse is? The greatest curse of the church. The prophet says, I believe the greatest curse of the church is not knowing what they are. The greatest curse we could be under is not knowing what we are. And you say, preacher, are you going to leave us under that curse? Absolutely not. It's the greatest curse, but there's been a prophet here to break that curse off of your life. 
God has sent a divine authority to break your spiritual amnesia and put you back in the divine order of knowing exactly who you are. Listen, I think it's time tonight to break every curse off of every life. I don't believe we have to sit here tonight in amnesia wondering who we are or where we're coming from. But I believe that the baptism of the Holy Ghost can bring an atmosphere in this building tonight that every child, man, woman, and child can know exactly who they are and what they're here for. You may not know the book of Matthew from the book of Ezekiel, but an encounter with the God of Abraham can position you in the power and the authority of the sons of God. Amen. The authority is not knowing every page of this book. The authority is knowing the God of this book. The prophet of God actually told us this. He said, you remember his little girls come. He said, and one of them got on him. He said, and grabbed a hold of him. He said, and both of her feet was touching the ground. He said, and, and little Sarah ran in and jumped on his lap. And he said, I had to hold her. And she said, Becky said, I got all of daddy. Amen. And Sarah said, but daddy's got all of me. And Brother Bam said, there's a lot of people can say, I got all of the revelation. I got all the Greek. I got all the memory. I got all the scriptures. He said, but see, I'm like Sarah. I say, Daddy's got all of me. I may not have all of what there is to know, but I know this. What I know has got a hold of me. The God I know has possessed me and taken over me. Do you see what it is tonight, church? There's something that has begun to break upon our lives to bring us into the authority of the Word of God. Authority, I mean supreme authority. I mean divine authority. The authority of the new creation that God has gave upon the church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible said, If any man be in Christ, if any M-A-N, if any man, not just angel, but any man. Well, God bless you all the way from India. God bless you. If any man be in Christ, uh, they're from right over there near Chennai, India. We've preached in their little church in Sulapat a few times. Amen. God bless you. It's good to have you tonight. Amen. Do you see what it is? God, amen, has given us, amen, uh, the power as a new creature. Brother Bram said the word actually speaks of creation. He said if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. See, he's had a new birth because he's been put into a new kingdom by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, you that are sitting here tonight know that Nicodemus, that great teacher, came to Jesus and began to ask him questions. And Jesus, and Jesus just said to him, he said, listen, I say, except a man be born again, he cannot understand or see the kingdom of God. Right? And Jesus then was letting you know that the new birth had something to do with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God never came until the new birth came because the kingdom of God brought on by the baptism of the Holy Ghost which positions you as a new creation while being in the old creation you're under another dominion as a new creation. Now watch what he says here. Amen. When Jesus is talking about this. Amen. Do you know that when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God he said that it's actually within you? He said the kingdom of God is within you. Now, because there's been so many false teachers, uh, I I have to put out some disclaimers. Now, I believe in heaven. (laughs) I believe in a literal Jesus. And you, you, you hear me. Amen. But what we're talking about is the kingdom of God that rules in the heart of a believer right now. 
And the prophet of God uses this and said, listen, the kingdom of God is within you. God's kingdom is not of this earth. God's kingdom is in our hearts. And it's the spiritual kingdom that we're born into. It's the kingdom of God comes, but not without violence. For the kingdom of God is within you, the Holy Spirit. God's kingdom is moving in man and governing and controlling them. That's the kingdom. Isn't it beautiful? The kingdom of God. Brother Bram says in 1 Corinthians 4 and 20, he said the kingdom of God is the word made power. For the kingdom does not come in word only, but it comes in power and in manifestation. Do you see what it is? It's actually a kingdom. As the disciples asked Jesus when he was there, they said, Lord, will you set up your kingdom now? When are you going to set up this kingdom? When are you going to restore it? And Jesus said, it's not given unto you to know the time of the season. But when the Holy Ghost comes, he'll give you power. We have put these things in the Father's position. But when the Holy Ghost comes, he'll give you power. And the prophet of God said, see, he was setting up a different kind of kingdom than they thought. They thought he was going to set up Israel, but he was going to set up a kingdom upon the earth that he would rule by his spirit while his body was in earth. His spirit would be here in the earth ruling upon our lives. You see, it would be a kingdom. And somebody said, what's your kingdom called? It's a messianic kingdom. It's where the Messiah rules. I don't want to confuse you on that. Are we all clear? It's a Messiah kingdom. It's where the Holy Ghost rules in the believer. It's, very, it's a very simple point. Amen. It's where the Holy Ghost rules in the believer. Now Jesus, I believe, is introducing this kingdom to us and the authority that is given to the kingdom people who receive his spirit. Now Jesus himself taught in Mark the 11th chapter. He taught to his disciples who were walking with him one day. And as he's walking by, he sees a fig tree. It's out of season and it's not bearing fruit. And Jesus just condemns the tree. He just curses the tree and, and, and cursed it. And the Bible said that 24 hours later, this fig tree was completely withered. And the disciples that were walking with him, of course, they were marveling at it. And Peter called unto him and said, Master, the fig tree thou cursedest has withered away. And Jesus answered and said, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou moved, and cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe the things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now isn't it beautiful that when Jesus displayed the authority of the spoken word. That he turned around and ministered that back to the people who were walking with him. He turned around and gave that authority to the believers that were walking beside him. And Jesus never did take that back. He gave that authority to them. And the Bible said, and they came again to Jerusalem and was walking in the temple. And there come some chiefs, priests, and scribes, and elders. And they said unto him, by what authority do you do these things? And who gave thee the authority to do these things? Now, isn't it amazing that Jesus, by the spoken word, cursed the tree, and it withered and died. And he is now telling his disciples they can do the same thing by the spoken word. And the Pharisees are asking him, by what authority? Do you teach that a mortal man can speak a word and change nature? Amen. By what authority do you do it? And Jesus simply said unto them, he said unto them, I'll just ask you a question and then answer this and I'll answer you. If you will tell me by what authority I do these things, 
the baptism of John, was it from heaven or from man? If you can tell me if John's baptism was from heaven or from man, then I'll tell you by what authority I do this and teach this. But of course they didn't want to talk about where authority that John had because they didn't want to acknowledge that John's authority was from heaven and that was what identified Jesus as the Messiah was the authority of John. And many people ask today by what authority do you preach the gospel? By what authority do you believe the things you believe? And I have to ask them as Jesus asked them by what authority did William Branham teach? Was he teaching from man or was he teaching from God? Because the same Elijah that introduced the bridegroom is the same Elijah that introduced the bride come on the prophet of God said he would fulfill his commission as John the Baptist fulfilled his commission who pointed out the Lamb of God he said this Elijah will do the very same thing by pointing out a word born bride well and I believe it was pointing right at you when he said that we are the spotless virtuous bride of Jesus Christ my goodness, when I think of this tonight, amen, that that authority was a voice. It was a voice that come out of heaven. In Matthew 17, the Bible said that the voice came out of a cloud. In Revelations 18 and 4, the Bible said the voice came out of heaven. In Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible said that the mediator of the new covenant, the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For he that escaped not or refused him that spake on the earth, much more shall we not escape. If we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, and this word yet once more signify the removing of things that are shaken and of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain, and wherefore we have receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we serve God. Listen, we receive a kingdom. How many knows what Brother Bram said that was? He said it was the word of God. For this bride has received the kingdom of God in this generation by authority coming from heaven. My goodness, people say, well, one of these days God's going to reveal His will, going to reveal His truth. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul says it like this, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. For when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels, the prophet in 1958 said, When the Son of Man is revealed from heaven, let me close by saying this, that the Son of Man is now being revealed from heaven. What voice are we hearing? What voice has identified you? What voice has spoke over your life? It was the voice that was coming out of heaven revealing the God's people in this generation. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Bringing a divine authority. Now it's beautiful to me because this is the authority in Matthew the 8th chapter. This is where a Roman centurion, your type... A Roman centurion came to Jesus. And, and you know, this man coming to him was a leader of men. And he understood authority. The Gentiles operate under authority. And the prophet of God uses this Roman to be your type. And he says when he came to Jesus, this Roman said unto Jesus, Listen, he said, Lord, he said, now I, I need you to come and heal my servant. He lies sick at home with a palsy. And he's tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. 
And the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Now, forgive me if I take a little liberty in saying this, but this Gentile knew something. This Gentile knew something the Jews didn't know. They knew you couldn't separate God from his word. And this man understood that the authority of God was in this man Jesus. And he knew his corporal body would not have to come to his house. That the word itself had as much authority as the corporal body itself had when it was spoken. Amen. That's exactly what the Gentile church today knows. That the corporal body of Jesus didn't come here in this generation. But he spoke his word through a prophet over this generation. And the Bible tells us in the same hour this man's servant was healed. Now the prophet of God said that was the 11th hour that it actually happened. It was in the same hour. See this man, he said, I am a man under authority. Having soldiers under me, I say go and he come. And to another come and he cometh. And to my servant do this and he doeth. So this man understood. Now why did he ask Jesus to speak the word? Because he understood the authority Jesus had. He recognized his authority. Hey, come on now. Amen. You've got to see something here. Amen. God has instituted for this bride to speak in the last days. He's asked this bride to speak in the last days. If God asks you to speak, He only does it because He recognizes the authority that He has given to the believer in this age. Now, of course, the prophet of God, and who is this God, says, He said He knew that He was the Son of God and that every sickness and every demon was under Him. And all he had to do was just speak that word, not pray. Just speak that word, that's all. And it would be done. Because every demon would have to obey him. Do you believe that tonight? Every demon will obey God. It has to. Everything obeys God. And it will obey you if you have faith. It will obey you if you have faith. You say, Brother Wayne, I don't have enough power to move the devil. You ever were given power, you were given authority. The prophet of God is so plain in teaching us. God didn't give you power. He gave you authority. He said all the power is God's, but the authority to use it, he gave to every believer. Now, he uses a very simple, a very simple way to teach that to us. And he says, you take a little skinny cot and put him out on the road. He said, he's got them blues on, that badge on him. He said, he stepped out in front of a semi-truck and he don't have enough power to stop that truck. He said, but he does have authority to do it. He said he blows his little whistle and holds out his hand. And that thing will come screeching to a halt. Because not the man. It's the badge and what it represents. It's the authority that's behind it. Amen. Oh, Lord be to God. Amen. We might not have power. But we've got the authority. And we're wearing a badge of believer tonight. And everything in heaven is behind the badge of the baptism of the Holy Ghost that's in the bride tonight now the prophet of God said that's what Joshua did when he stood there and told the son to stand still he said he exercised his authority Joshua told the son to stand still the policeman can tell the traffic to hold still but tonight we're not stopping the sun and we're not trying to stop the traffic but we're here to stop that devil in his tracks 
And I believe tonight as the sons and daughters of God, you have been commissioned with a divine authority to speak to your enemy and say that's far enough Satan. It's as far as you're going, Satan. And you said, preacher, does it matter if I say that? A prophet of God said, he said, listen, all of heaven is behind that bride. All heaven stands behind the bride of Jesus Christ. When she speaks that word, there is something that's behind her. Not a power, but an authority. Brother David got there this morning, talked about Peter a little bit. You know what actually happened when Peter told him we do this by the name of Jesus. What he was answering to was when they come out of the upper room, wasn't a few days later. Amen. Brother Brandon said the devil never got out of bed when they got the Holy Ghost. Said the devil never even got out of bed. He said, but one day Peter was walking by the gate called Beautiful. And there was a lame man laying there. And he said, Peter walked by and said, silver and gold have I none. But that what I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And the lame man rose up and walked. Oh, amen. The devil got out of bed then because he saw that the authority had been transferred from Jesus Christ to the apostles of God. They said, by what authority have you done this? And Peter turned around and said, being full of the Holy Ghost. Men and brethren, I tell you this, I have done it by the authority of Jesus Christ. You listen to that devil. Had to ask Jesus, what authority are you using? They asked Peter, what authority are you using? You think he's going to stop? No, sir. He's still asking that same question today. Our prophet stood on the platform. Amen. In this generation. He stood there. There was a man named John Ryan who was in, who was in his meeting. A blind man, actually. And the blind man came in the prayer line. And he, and he wanted to be, Brother Bram saw a vision of him and said, John, he said, you're healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. And John left the platform, went and sat down in the, it went and sat into the congregation. He sat there, still couldn't see a thing. So he got up and come back in the prayer line. And he said, Brother Branham, he said, I thought you said I was healed. He said, John, I thought you believed me. He said, but Brother Branham, I can't see. He said, what has that got to do with it, John? What's that got to do with it, John? I've already saw a vision. You're going to see, John. Brother Branham said, I saw right there he needed something to say. He needed something to say. The only thing that changed on the platform that night was John left there with a confession he was healed. His eyesight didn't change. His frame of mind didn't change. His confession changed. Because he received the word of a prophet. He was now prophesying the same thing a prophet prophesied. And the authority of a prophetic voice came into a mouth Weeks later, weeks later, he's sitting on the on the barber chair, and they said, "We heard you got healed down there in those meetings." And he said, "That's right." He said, "Thank God, I'm healed." And his eyes come open. Went all over the country. John Ryan is healed. His eyes come open. There was a synagogue down there. Amen. That heard about it, and a young priest, a young Pharisee. Heard about this great miracle and come to Brother Branham. He said, by what authority did you give John Ryan his sight? He said, I gave him that by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. 
He said, Jesus, he said, he was just a, he was just another man. He said, sir, how would your prophet say something wrong? He said, my prophets never, they would never say nothing wrong. He said, then who was Isaiah 9 and 6 talking about? He said, a son shall be given, his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. He said, then who was the Messiah anyhow? He said, he would be God. He said, you tell me where Jesus ever missed it. He said, I seen right then. He started to catch it. He said, I can't preach that in my church, Brother Branham. He said, I'd be down there eating soda crackers and drinking branch water. And Brother Branham said, you know what? I would rather do that and preach the gospel than to compromise on the word of God. And I stand right where a prophet stood. I'd rather eat the soda crackers and drink branch water and preach the power of deliverance by the anointing of God in the last days. Our Jesus can open blinded eyes. Our Jesus can open hearts and change lives and cause the cripple to get up and walk. Our Jesus can change the situations of your life. My God is not dead. He is alive. I proclaim that Jesus is not in the tomb. I proclaim He's alive. I proclaim He sits in heaven tonight in all supreme authority and the spirit of the resurrected one is in our heart. The spirit I've received has already conquered every disease. The spirit I've received has already conquered death, hell, the grave, and it's already got the victory. I don't have to get the victory. I receive victory by the power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. talking about I'm talking about one with authority brother Branham brother Branham went over there in Africa and y'all remember the story and there was a little cross-eyed boy and he came on the platform brother Branham said as he as the boy started coming up the platform he said before he could get to me his eyes straightened up he said the doctor that was with him looked at him and looked at me he said he jumped up on the platform and started to grab me. One of the brothers said the anointing's on the prophet. Don't touch it. And when he started to get him, Brother Bram said all of a sudden I whirled. And I said, what does the doctor want? And the man said, how did you know I'm a doctor? How'd you know? How'd you know I was a doctor? He said, what'd you do to that boy? Did you hypnotize him? Brother Bram said, I thought you was a doctor. And you're telling me hypnotism was straight and crossed eyes? He said, why ain't you boys practicing it then? If that's all it is, is a little hocus pocus, y'all go ahead and do that, would you? Come on. He knew where he was standing. And the man said, what'd you do to him? Brother Bram said, what did I do to him? He said, the man was 10 feet from me when he got healed. He said, well, what happened to him? He said, somewhere in that space of time, he met Jesus Christ. And the Jesus of the Bible is still doing miracles today. By what authority? It was by the authority of Jesus Christ. And I say to you, that same Jesus is in this building right now with authority and power and reality. Devils are scrambling. Black spirits are leaving the building. They cannot stand the light of the presence of God.
don't want to scare you, but just a few minutes ago, there was some black big something moved right across here and run out the side of the tent. I'll tell you what's happening. Devils are leaving. Devils are screaming. Devils are running. If you could see the supernatural realm, there's a light that's moved into this building. And right now, he's moving into hearts. And the devil is being driven and driven from souls and life. Jesus is not dead. He is not out of business. We were right there in India in, in Brother Isaac's front door in Chennai. Brother Isaac's door. We were right there. We come out of the church. And there was a Hindu priest come walking off of the street. And he saw me standing there. And he said to me, he said, sir. He said, are you a Christian minister? I said, yes, I am. The pastor was with me, Brother Isaac. And I said, yes, I am a Christian minister. He said, can I have a moment with you? I said, sure, go ahead. He said, listen. He said, I've heard some things about your Jesus. And I need some help. He said, look, he said, I'm an alcoholic and I'm destroying my family. He said, and I've been to all the gods of our Hindu religion. I've been down there in front of all them gods that they've rubbed and burned and put ashes on and laid babies out in front of. He said, I've been to all of them and none of them has a power to deliver me from this demon. He said, but I heard your Jesus does. I said, God has sent me from across the planet to tell you that the Son of God is alive and He's delivered me. He delivered me from alcohol. He delivered me from tobacco. He delivered me from a life of immorality and made a preacher out of me. And if God can do that for me, He can do that for anybody. For the power of God is still the truth. It's still the power of a living God. My Jesus can do what no gods can do. Man said to me, do we know to go to your temple? Do we need to go somewhere and pray? I said, no, sir, right here will do. He said, what do I do? I said, kneel down right here. He got on his knees and peeled that dot off his head and said, I refuse my gods and I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. But the power of God came on the scene. I tell you, I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're on the dirt floors of India or Africa or somewhere on the Amazon River. I don't care if you're in Russia or Uganda. Amen. Or in Cloverdale Bible Way. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a delivering God with a delivering power. By what authority do you speak these things? You tell me, what's William Branham's authority from God or man? You see, by what authority are we out here preaching like this? Devil not never even got out of bed when somebody got the Holy Ghost. But when these men started manifesting the power of the new creation, the devil knew something has happened. Something has changed. Do y'all know? Amen. Do y'all realize? Amen. That this was not given to the Old Testament. This was something given by the New Testament blood of Jesus Christ that sanctified you and made you a place. In the book of Revelation, John writes it by saying that, that he has washed us in his own blood. I mean, those Brother Bram said that's loosed. He loosed us in his own blood. 
That means he gave us a separation from all other authority. He take us out from under every other kingdom. Nobody will have dominion in your life save Jesus Christ. He gave us liberty. He cut us loose. He said, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying the Bible said he made us kings and priests unto God. He made us kings and priests. He said, why kings and priests? He picked the two highest offices he could. In the ecclesiastical world, a priest is the high office. In the civil world, a king is the high office. And John picked both of them and said, you are king and priest. And you said, preacher, why would you say that? Because it was of the Melchizedek order that it was a king priest was given the power. Amen. Melchizedek was not a priest by the order of Aaron. He was by the oath of Almighty God. And the same way he's a priest, you and I are a priest. We are not priests by Levitical law. We are not priests by Aaronic order. We are priests by the Melchizedek order. God. God himself has dropped into the church. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there never was a perfect priest. And there never was a perfect king. Until God got in a man. And then Jesus became the perfect king, the perfect priest, the perfect prophet. And there never was a perfect bride. Until Melchizedek claimed that body in the last days and now we're under the order of a king and a priest of the most high God not by our own authority sovereignty made you a king see the one that made you what you are has to matter how much authority you have there is nobody above him that has made us what we are. In 1 Peter 2 and 9, he calls us a royal priesthood. It's the best way to say it. You're a king priest or a royal priesthood. Now, these offices are spiritual offices. You say, Brother Wayne, why do you bring this up? I want to show you in the new creation there's authority. There is authority here tonight as a priest. You say as a priest. Now, if you go back in the scriptures, priests offered things to God. They offered sacrifices, and they did it in certain seasons. Remember, it's in the time of the atonement of the seventh month, they'd offer a certain uh, sacrifice. In the Passover, they offered a certain sacrifice. There were seasons and times of sacrifices, and when that time come, they offered as a priest a certain sacrifice to them. Their sacrifices was blood, bulls, goats, doves, lambs. That was their sacrifice. But according to the book of Hebrews, he said, we are spiritual priests, and we offer the sacrifice of praise from the fruit of our lips. People say, well, when is our time to sacrifice? Brother Bram said, it's when you don't feel like it. When you don't feel like it. When you feel tired and the devil's heavy on you. And he's telling you, sit still. Don't amen the word. Don't get into the service. That's your time, priest. Who give you an authority to worship when you're so blue? Who gave you an authority to worship God when everything in your life is against you and you have no rights? There's no reason for you to worship at all. But you lift up to your feet and you lift your hands and you begin to sing of the glory of God. My 
what authority do you do it? Because you are a priest. Offering a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving unto your God. And in that season of praise and thanksgiving, that's where you actually get to feed on the supernatural. But can I say this? I just love to think about this personally. The sun praises God. And the stars praise God. And the trees praise God. Everything praises God. The angels praise God. But in all of that, he was not satisfied. He wanted you to praise Him. And He wants you to do it in your lowest hour. He wants to tell the devil, come here and listen to them praise. You throw everything you got at them. He summoned all the devils out of hell. Said, throw all you got at them. And I tell you, I bet you, when you got all you've got against them, they're going to lift up their hands and they're going to say, Amen, trust in the Lord with all my might and all my soul. I will bless the Lord because I'm a priest of God, ordained to praise God. Some people's not ordained to do so. No, and that's okay. If you're not ordained to do it, that's just up to you. But see, I have an office. And in that office, I have as much right to go behind that veil and worship God as the priest did in the Old Testament to offer the blood upon their praise. And you know what was behind that veil, don't you? Behind that veil was testimony. It was the Ark of the Covenant hid behind the veil. And they put blood on that testimony. You know why they put blood on it? Because without the blood, it was a lie. Oh, you said, what are you talking about? All of the things God said about you... Without the blood on the confession, it would not be true at all. But when the blood is sprinkled on the confession, the word of God becomes true by the sacrifice that God has given to the believer. I'll make it clear. You're not perfect without the blood. Now, every man or, born, every man or child born again, God has a right to praise. They have an ought to offer spiritual sacrifices. People often ask us, why does these people shout like they do? Because they're priests. Because they literally have an office to do so. Now, I, I, I want to say that we highly appreciate the way you all have church. Because I've learned something about you already. I've preached to you a few times, but I've already learned something very important about you. You know how to have church. You said, preacher... How do we know how to have church? Because I know your day ain't been perfect. And I know your year ain't been perfect. And I know all your lives ain't perfect. But it ain't kept you from praising God. You have learned how to set trouble aside and praise God in it. You have learned how to praise God despite your problems. Despite the issues, despite the arguments, beside the trials, I will praise God anyhow. Because I'm anointed to do it. You're a king priest. Now, if you will give me this grace, I believe David was a bit of a king and a priest. Did he not worship before the tabernacle of David? Did he not offer praises and spiritual sacrifices to God in the tabernacle of David. He was not a, he was not at all a priest after Aaron. 
He was a different type of priest. But listen, this priest knew how to serve God. He knew how to praise God. Now you say, what are you saying? I'll, I'll say it to the best I can. Every bit of the firstborn of Israel was supposed to be a priest. When they were birthed in the firstborn, the Bible said God took the firstborn as a priesthood. It didn't change till somewhere in the book of Exodus. Now, I'm not exactly sure where it changed. But then God actually, through the law, offered Moses the right to ransom the firstborn, amen, out of the Levitical order and stay with their families. So the firstborn at one time was the priest. But then God offered, how many knows about the ransom of the firstborn? I don't want to have to teach on it tonight. But the ransom of the firstborn. In other words, all the firstborn, you'd have had to have been a priest. But your mom and dad could pay a price. And it would go into the tabernacle. And then you could just go be a regular guy. You didn't have to be a priest under God. But Jesus, when he was born, he was the firstborn of his brethren. And nobody ransomed him. So he become the priest unto God. By right of firstborn. You said, preacher, where you're going with this? David was not firstborn. But God exalted him and brought him from the last and made him the head. Because God said, I can take the tail and make it the first. I tell you what, God can do whatever he wants to. You may be the last person somebody picks to be something. But if God says you're going to do it. Brother, you better roll up your sleeves because you're about to get busy. Because God can appoint who God wants. Oh, I love to tell the devil that all the time. Because he said, you ain't worthy to be the position you have. The place God give you. And I say, look, amen. If God said I am, I am. If God said I could, I can You see what it is? It's because of that firstborn law that David was under that order of the firstborn. He had been exalted to firstborn. He wasn't firstborn. But he had been exalted to firstborn. But David was a man who had a lot of trouble. <laughs> it's simple to say. Well, David had a lot of trouble. David fell like nobody failed. Even when God listed in the book of Matthew the lineage of Jesus Christ. Have you ever noticed he names the women of the great heritage of Jesus. And Jesus picks them as his, as his lineage. Because he actually didn't have a natural lineage. And who would have picked that bunch of women? But he picked them. Because he had the right to choose. So preacher, what are you getting at? The choice then reflects the choice now. What a man choose. Come on, Google learns you. What you choose one day, you're going to choose another day, and you're going to choose another day. And what God chose in that day, He'll choose in this day. And them women reflected the choice that He made when He chose you. But you remember, you remember that one woman, Bathsheba. He didn't even list her as Bathsheba. He said Uriah's wife. God wasn't letting that one go away. All the way in Matthew 1. David took his buddy's wife and killed the man. 
and got found out. He was as big of a failure as any king could be a failure. If there was anybody that took his ball and went home, that was David. If there was anybody that said, hey, I've messed this up so bad, I'm going home. That was David. He was in bad shape, folks. He failed his God. He failed his family. He failed his wife. He failed his people. He failed his friends. He failed everybody. But God said he's a man after my own heart. Why would God say he was a man after his heart? Brother Ram said because he was always quick to repent. Come on. He never let his struggle keep him from worshiping his God. He never let his failures keep him from worshiping his God. David taught you how to worship if you want to know. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who forgiveth thine iniquity and who healeth thine diseases. I'm talking about a God who can forget iniquity. (laughs) You said, preacher, what are you talking about? People who do things they shouldn't do? Or people who did not do what they should have done. It's all iniquity. And none of us have a right. If God marked iniquity, none of us could stand tonight. But God, He said the blessing of David come upon the blessing of the covenant of the Gentile. That God did not mark our iniquity. And David said, Blessed is the one who forgiveth all our iniquity and healeth all our diseases. I will bless him. So David, knowing God was a forgiving God, learned how to worship. And he learned how to praise. Praise the Lord. Praise Him in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His firmament. Praise Him in His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery in the heart. David wrote these things. Praise Him with a temple and a dance. Praise Him with a stringed instrument and an organ. Praise Him on a loud cymbal. Praise Him upon a high cymbal. Let everything that hath breath. Praise ye the Lord. You say, but what authority do you praise God? David commanded it. The word commanded it. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. In Matthew chapter 21, when Jesus come off of the mountain riding the coat. Y'all remember the story? And he, and, he, and he gets off of his coat. You know what? The first thing he does, he goes into the temple and casts everybody out. He gets off of this triumphal entry. The Bible says he goes in and casts out the money changers and begin to heal the sick. And the Bible actually says, amen, that when he began to heal the lame in the temple and began to heal them, the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the Son of God. They were sore displeased. And they said unto him, Hearest thou that what they say? And Jesus saying unto them, Have you ever read that out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? They did not like the kids praising the healer in the temple. 
And Jesus said, ain't you read what the Bible said? That praise is perfected in the mouth of the children. Now, if you like to study your Greek, that don't just mean perfect. It means mended. It means restored or set in the place it ought to be. It would be praise. Praise of the sucklings. And the Bible actually says ordained to strength. Now, by what authority do we praise God? We do it because we are a priest of God. By what authority do we do what we do in this age? God gives us these authorities. Now, this authority, the same one, has made kings out of us. This same authority as a priest has also made us a king. It has cut us loose from all authority and set us in a place. As a king, I believe given an authority from God, I believe as having a kingdom that we have, that it's not a season that we should stop short of the grace of God. I don't believe this is a season that we ought to quit. Amen. And just say, well, we believe the message and let it go. I don't believe this is a season that we should say, well, we believe the gospel and just let it go. But the prophet of God said, see, many do stop short. He said they just believe, but they stop short. He said, now they don't receive the Holy Ghost when you believe. He said, but see, having repented, see, you've got to go on and receive the Holy Ghost. He said, do you see it? That's what's wrong with our fundamentalists. They have no power for they have stopped short of Pentecost. And he says, watch it like this. They don't have any because they got short of Pentecost. But you see, I believe that there's a people that can go further than what any age has ever went. I believe as our knowledge of kings and priests that we could go deeper in the supernatural realms of God than any generation that's ever been before us. I believe we'll go deep enough our bodies will be changed. I believe we're going to go beyond just praise. I believe we'll praise God until our mortal bodies are changed into another dimension. Brother Branham says, you know what? Sometimes you just got to get mad at the devil. Sometimes you just got to get mad. So preacher, what are you talking about? You got to have said this is enough. You got to get to the place where enough is enough. Enough services have been ruined by bad attitudes. Enough services have been ruined by somebody a little out of place or position with their mind and heart. Amen. You you are to say to that devil, you took enough services from me. You're not getting this one. You need to sometime get mad at the devil. And Brother Bam said, get mad at him and say, you lying rascal. You're a liar. Christ made me free. Get out of here. Do you imagine a prophet just instructed you to tell the devil to get lost? Get out of here tonight. He said, you got to toe the line with him, brother. He ain't got a bit of authority. There's something I love about the message of William Branham. You study it for a lifetime, you're going to find out I'm telling you the truth. He never one quote gave the devil any authority. But in every quote he ever gave authority, he gave it to the church. You can say what you want to about the church, but the prophet of God gave all authority to the church and never gave one authority to the devil. But in every quote, he'll say the devil was whipped. 
He'll say he's a bluff. He was stripped at Calvary. He's got no more legal right at all in the church of the living God. Do you know Brother Bram debated the devil? Do you ever, you sometimes if you get on the tape and you want to listen, listen to the debate. And Brother Bram actually calls the devil to a debate. He said, Jesus debated the devil. He said, and the, he said, and I call the devil to a debate. Isn't that something? A prophet on stage in front of thousands of people starts debating the devil over the authority of the people he's preaching to. And he continues to tell them people that the devil don't have any authority and takes the word and strips the devil of all of his authority and then turns around and releases an anointing in the building that healing and virtues come into the people from Calvary. Now, the scripture tells us this, that man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. There's a beautiful quotation. Brother Branham makes it. It would take me all night to preach it. I'm not going to. I want to make the statement so you can catch it. He said every parable in the Bible and every type of the Bible is being made manifest right here before us. You said, preacher, what are you getting at? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In this, come on now, what age did they have every word? From the time of the Garden of Eden until today, there has not been one generation that had every word until now. But in this season, every parable has become manifest in the church of the living God. You're not going to live by one type. You said, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that David was a type of Jesus, but he wasn't Jesus. Is that right? So David was Jesus, or Jesus was David, he was Abraham, he was Solomon. Jesus was all of them. And so is the bride, every one of those types. And in one type, you're going to be the queen of Sheba. In another type, you're going to be Rahab. In another type, you're going to be Tamar. But it's going to take all of those types to get you to the fulfillment in the age we're living because all hell is against you. The devil is taking all he has and pouring it out against you. But God is saying every type that's in this Bible is becoming fulfillment in your life. You said, what are you preaching about? I'll tell you what I'm preaching about. I'm preaching about tonight. You're a Shamgar. You may not be a warrior, but you got something in your hand that you can whip the devil if you make up in your mind you're the seed of Abraham. That's all Shamgar did was think, I am the seed of Abraham. And he knew he could whip them devils. And if you look here tonight and say you're the bride of Jesus Christ, you know you can whip them devils. And sometimes you just got to get mad and whip them devils. He said, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that you're kings. That's exactly what I'm saying. And if you're a king, there's a type in this Bible of you. Now, some of you's in trouble tonight. Some of you come to this meeting in trouble. Something I've always loved when I saw this is David, when he was anointed, he was a king, whether he was hiding in a cave or sitting on a throne. He was still a king. 
And whether you was hiding in a cave or sitting on a throne, you're still a king. But sometimes kings get in trouble. Anybody ever come to a camp in trouble? You say, well, what does a king do when he gets in trouble? Well, the one in the Bible I'm talking about went to Elisha. And any king who wants to get authority over his enemy will go to Elisha for advice. And this king went to Elisha. Remember what he said to him. He said, the Syrians are coming and I need deliverance. And his king is asking Elisha's opinion. And Elisha says, well, he said, open that window there and give me the bow. And he took this bow and put an arrow in it. And he pulls it back. And he shoots this arrow. And he shoots out this window. And he tells the king, now you go get that, go get that arrow there. And you bring that back. And this will be the arrow of the Lord's deliverance for your country. And he picks up that king, too. He picks up that arrow. And Elisha just said to him, smite the ground. He didn't tell him how many times to hit it. He didn't tell him what to do. He said, just smite the ground. But see, that king wasn't mad enough at Syria. That king was not tired of Syria enough. Because he only hit the ground three times and got up and said, well, that'll do it. But Elisha said, no. He said, you had it in your hand. You should have did it five or six times and Syria would have been smitten. He said, but now you're only going to whip them three times. And the prophet of God said, that's exactly what we do with the Holy Ghost. He said, we take the Holy Ghost which has been given to us. He said, and we just don't hit enough with it. He said, oh, we join the church. We get our positions. We do this. He said, but we don't go all the way. You said, preacher, what are you getting at? I'm saying tonight there are people sitting here with enough authority that they have been given the word of God in the season that they're living. They've been called kings. They have been given the Holy Ghost as an authority over their enemy. And if you get mad enough at that devil tonight, you don't have to stop hitting him until he's finished. You do not have to quit until the devil is broken. You do not have to walk away from here tonight saying, well, I wish I'd have gotten more. I wish God would have did something. I wish I would have got a victory over this devil. You can hit that devil till there's nothing left of him tonight. You said, preacher, I don't really know if all this brother Random said it would. He said it'll get the church out of any chaos it's in. Now, as we're looking here tonight, we can see this, that when God begins to give this authority to the church, people think, well, when this authority comes, there's going to be this great revival. There's going to be this great thing happening. And one of these days it's going to take place. The brother Branham turns around and he says, you see this revival is going to be so small they'll never even know it happened. This revival will be so small they're not even going to know it took place. He said, listen, these Pentecostals are going out there saying a great thing's about to happen. He said, but it's happening and they don't know it. It's happening and they don't know it. I said, you're sitting here right now and there's something happening. I pray you know it. Turn and tell somebody beside you, it's happening. The devil said, well, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to keep this from happening. Do you see? Amen. It's already going. Can I, can I say it like this? There was a time before we got here that the devil could have stopped this camp from happening, but he's too late now. It's already happening. 
He was trying to stop you before you got here. But it's too late now. It's already happening. Listen, this bride revival's not coming. It's already happening. I'm already a part of it. And the devil can't do nothing about it. Say, preacher, what in the world is wrong with you? Something is happening in my generation. And God has made me a part of it. He's made you a part of what's happening. Glory to God, we ain't missing nothing here. We're not missing one thing here. God has anointed us in this season, and it's happening. It's happening right here in the church. It's happening right here among us. Now, Brother Random says, that's right. Well, the carcass is there. The eagles are gathered together. Now, in the New Testament, the prophet said, you've got to take this book and eat it. <laughs> he said, God promised this word and how it would be fulfilled and how it would come to pass. And he chose it in this bride and how it would be done. It's happening right before you. In the name of the Lord. You read in Revelation 10, it says that you should take the book and eat it. That's the revival. The prophet said it's happening right before you in the name of the Lord. While you're sitting here and you're feeding, you're feeding on the word of authority. What you're feeding on is giving you authority over the enemy who's fighting you. Now watch, as you, as you devour, as you eat, as you feed, there is something that begins to come into you. Now I think it's a powerful, I think it's a powerful reality that when you see in the scriptures that he said he hath made us kings and priests, and, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful statement because when you think about being a king and a priest, now there's two different statements. One of them is that you would share with him in his throne. That's Revelation chapter 3. When you overcome, he said, I'll give you a dominion in the throne. Right? But in Revelations 20 in the millennium, he says he'll let you sit on a throne. So in this time period, you're sitting with Christ in a dominion that he has in spiritual places. In the millennium, you'll sit on a throne as a king over the world. So the same is a king. You're the same guy. And you're going to rule in the millennium on a throne. But now you're ruling in this age. Sharing a dominion with Christ. While you're yet in this body. He hath made us kings and priests. You know the Bible actually says. That if one man's fence death reign by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace. Of the gift of the righteousness. Shall reign in this life by one. Jesus Christ. Who hath delivered us. From the power of darkness. And translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who has took us from the power of darkness. From the dominion of darkness. Now this is going to challenge a spirit in here tonight. A dominion of darkness. Satan has a dominion right now. He's crept his way into every nation on the earth. There's darkness is covered. This is a world of darkness right now. And darkness has begun to take a dominion over everything in the earth. But the Bible says there will be a people who will be taken out of the dominion of darkness and put into the reign of Jesus Christ in this life. 
In other words, darkness will have no dominion upon us. Sin will have no dominion. Rock and roll will not have dominion over my life. Cigarettes will not have dominion over my life. Come on. Pornography will not have dominion over my life. Something has transferred me from the power of darkness into the presence of Almighty God. Not when I get in the millennium. Not when we get in the millennium. Right now. Right here in this meeting tonight. You are already a king. You're not going to be one. You already are. And you have a dominion to throw out anything you don't like in your kingdom. Can I preach? We used to have to worry about just the boys and pornography. But it's not just that way anymore. That devil's begin to move among our young ladies even. Because it's become so available. You say, preacher, should you call something out that I usually don't. I usually don't give it any air time. But I believe that thing has tried to creep into our churches. That thing's tried to creep into your homes. It's tried to creep into your young people. And I believe somebody ought to shine a light on it and call it the devil that it is. Because it's come to rape your children. It's come to rape them of their innocence. And, and oh, it sneaks right into your homes and tries to take over. But there's some parents here tonight. There's some sons and daughters of God here tonight that says we're not going any further with this. But by the authority of Jesus Christ, Satan, I don't by the living God we take back dominion over you come on if you've been fighting that devil take dominion tonight don't let that devil steal this service from you don't let him take this away from you you get back your God given privilege and your dominion and say Satan I am not under your dominion I am a child of the most high God I have been given the authority and power of God. I'm David. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Now, Satan, you won't suck the victory out of this group. Say, preacher, what has happened? We're being translated, taken out from under the dominion of Satan and put under the dominion of Almighty God. What is going on? Amen. That dominion. Brother Bram said right now we reign with Christ. How many am I talking to? Having dominion over sin. You are a king right now over sin. In other words, sin doth not have dominion over you. We are under the grace of God. We are under the blood of Jesus Christ. Sin don't have dominion here tonight. We take dominion by the authority of Almighty God. We take dominion over every demon. We take dominion over every spirit of depression, anxiety, over every spirit that's trying to slip into the church. We take dominion. Satan, we challenge you to a debate tonight. You are ripped of your power. You have no claim or legal authority. We're taking it back. We're taking back our lives. We're taking back our homes. No. Not here. Not now. We'll never surrender to no devil. Got the wrong preacher if you think I'll tell and run from some devil. We're not running. 
We're not giving up. We're not backing up. Brother, this is a bride that knows where she's at, where she's going, and what she's doing. You don't have to back up from no devil. Pull your sword and cut its head off, church. Drag the head of Goliath back to your camp with you tonight. He has given you dominion over sin, over the world, over the flesh. People say to me all the time, Brother Wayne, I better not be shouting like that. I'm afraid I'm going to get in the flesh. Don't you know you already live in the flesh? Come on. You're not an angel. You're a human being. And you give the devil all that time in the flesh. Well, why don't you get in the flesh and serve God a little while? Serve God in the flesh. Serve God in the body. Don't wait till you're immortal. Serve God right now. Get under the blood and tell the devil, you will not rule my life. If I want to worship God, brother, I'll worship God. I'll worship and praise. Hallelujah. I don't have to stay on the platform. I don't. You know what I'm talking about. I can take off and go right down these aisles and preach the Holy Ghost, brother. Satan does not have dominion over me. Satan does not rule me. Flesh does not rule me. I am not embarrassed of the God I serve. Come on, young man. We're not embarrassed of this God. Somebody says, well, he's in the flesh. Yes, sir, I'm in the flesh. I'm worshiping God in the flesh. I'm preaching in the flesh. Because this flesh belongs to that God. This flesh is the tabernacle of Almighty God. to worship. God had angels. But He wanted you. Uh, Well, brother, we're in the Word now. Really. We're in the Word now. We're in the Word. You know, there's a quietness and a silence. I don't know what Bible you're reading. But my Bible said... In Revelations 1, that he said, kings and priests, and God hath given dominion to Jesus Christ. But the minute the seals opened up, he changed his language, and he said, we are priests unto God, and we shall reign on the earth. When the seals come open, he saw the dominion of the church, and the Bible said, they heard not John singing and shouting. When the word opens up to you, that'll finish that devil. When this word opens up to you, it'll finish that devil. It'll teach you that God redeemed this flesh by his own flesh under the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation will give you authority over the devil. It will not make you lukewarm for more empowered. It'll give you a revelation because we have been made by Christ to sit in the position that we've been given in this age. 
I preach? This message is supreme authority. This is not a secondhand revelation. This is not Brother Branham digging just through a bunch of Clarence Larkin stuff to figure out something. He was visited by an angel. I said, well, Brother Branham, he done some, he done some, I think they called it plagiarizing or something they called it. I laughed at him. I said, well, I've done read all Clarence Larkin for years. And Clarence Larkin never definitively told us nothing. He said, it could be and maybe it will and can be. And the things that he said come from other men throughout the ages. But your prophet said, I'll tie up the loose ends. What they didn't finish and what they couldn't declare and what they couldn't definitively say, we have a definitive answer on the Godhead, on baptism, on predestination, on every doctrine of this Bible. We have been given the authority of Almighty God. And I am astonished at the doctrine that has said you come from God. He taught us one having authority, not somebody like a scribe. Now, when you start talking about the authority of this message, all of a sudden there's an entire group who have latched themselves onto the message and they use the authority of the message to keep it from going into the church. Now, wouldn't that be something to use the scripture to prevent the scripture from going into the people. And people take quotes from the prophet to block the manifestation of the message from the people who believe the message. And sell them a pack of lies like someday the prophet's going to return and set up a big tent. Can I preach? Someday, if y'all wait long enough, we're going to have a revival and you're going to get to enjoy the message. Someday, if the prophet returns and we all get things and we get this, we get this, uh, oh God, we get this aircraft that's a rust bucket down in Arizona that's 60 years old. Could y'all do me a favor? If you're going to buy a plane for the prophet, buy a new one. That's a little bit of arrogance. It's Elijah's spirit coming out on me. <laughs> Preacher, what are you talking about? They take the quotes of Brother Branham and make something out of it. He didn't. I said, Preacher, what are you saying? In North It's Not, 1965, remember it? North It Not? When Brother Branham left Jeffersonville and went out west, he had six dreams given to him and one vision from God. And all of them spoke about him going out west to receive the seven seals. Now, if somebody just clips a part of this, I'm going to be in trouble. But Brother David... I believe in return ministry. I believe the prophet went west and returned east and preached seven seals to give this bride a revival that this Bible promise would come in this last day. Now, two dreams was given to him in North at night in 1965. And both of those dreams... We're about him riding a white horse. How many ever read them? He's riding a white horse, and Brother Bram said, which represented the word. And if you dig deeper, it's the vindicated word. And he's riding that, he's riding that, and a couple of times he says, 
I'll ride this trail again. He says it. I mean, you can go read it. It's powerful when he says it. He said, Brother Branham, in that dream we heard you, he said, and you spoke differently than you did before. He said, before you were kind of like you wasn't sure. He said, but in this dream you were sitting at the head of the table. And he said, you spoke with one with authority. It was different than you spoke before. This time you were commanding. He said, in one of them you were wearing, you were wearing an Indian chief's headdress. He said, you were the chief of the tribes. He said, in another one, he said, there was a chief ranger. He said, you were the chief of all the rangers. Brother Ram said, both of them spoke of chief authority from the West. He said, preacher, what are you getting at? It's beautiful to me, church, that the authority of a prophet said that it would come again, it would ride again. And a bunch of carnal impersonators took that and said, Brother Branham's going to return and preach the gospel to the church. He said, Preacher, why are you getting here? I'll tell you why I'm getting here. Because David in the Bible, in Psalms, the 22nd chapter, he was under inspiration. He was a prophet. Come on now. And he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And Christ spoke through his prophet. And they kept looking for David to come. And they kept looking, but David wasn't the one on the cross. There was a greater one than David on the cross. Christ himself fulfilled the words of the prophet David. He was a greater than David. Listen to me, friends. We don't have Brother Branham here tonight. But the authority of that prophet... Christ spoke through him and prophesied that he would come forth in the bride of Jesus Christ with the same authority. The preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that a prophetic authority has been professionally transferred from a prophet to a bride. He brought forth the word of authority. And I'll tell you what a prophet had to say about it. He said, listen, this is a supreme authority. It was a supreme authority from the West. And Brother Branham says it very clearly. He said, you need to feel an inspiration. And the inspiration you need to get that he's present If you start realizing that he is here, that he is present. He said, look what we could see in these magazines. We've seen the cloud of the Lord Jesus appear in the heavens. He said, it was the supreme judge of heaven and earth. It was a supreme authority that are coming to the earth. Amen. It was the prophet of God said, headship is here. The supreme authority. Of Almighty God has come into this age and been transferred onto your lives by a prophet of God who said this very clearly I am the voice of God to you. How many agree that's true? And that same voice said, You are the final voice of the final age. Whatever authority William Branham had, he transferred it to the bride of Jesus Christ under your message.
messenger. You are a final boss to a final age with a final authority. Listen, you don't have to sit here tonight and wait until some preacher comes by to pray for you. You've got an authority to tell that devil, this is my place. This is my house. This is my home. This is my generation. This is my revival. This is my age. Now, Satan, get out of my experience with God. We have been translated, transferred from the power of Satan into the power of God. Listen, I sit here tonight and I say this with all authority. You do not have to put up with the devil any longer. I say this is not one asking permission from a council somewhere. You do not have to put up with the devil anymore. And while I'm saying this, you bear witness yourself. There's a spirit in this room testifying that's the truth. Some of you sitting here tonight, you've come to this place for specific purposes. You come here looking for answers. Some of you have come here for deliverance. Let our musicians come. Some of you have come, people's told you, well, you're, you're going to just have to live with this. Well, let me tell you who told you that. It was a psychologist without an experience with God. Because any man that's ever been encountered with the God of Abraham can tell you that when he's done with you, you're delivered. If I'm telling you the truth, wouldn't it be in the Bible? I know you preachers preach on it all the time. But let me just rehearse it to you as the musicians come. It's written in the Bible in the book of Kings. God come to Elijah. He said to Elijah, He said, I want you to go anoint Elisha in your stead. And then I want you to anoint Hazel as the king over Syria. And I want you to anoint Jehu. As king over Israel. Three things. Do you know the only thing Elijah did? Was anoint Elisha. That's all he did. He went over to Elisha. And he anointed him. And the man of Elijah came back upon Elisha. And Elisha went to Hazel. And he had so much authority. God never told him to do it. He told Elijah. But he had such a transfer of authority. That his words made a man a king. really got me. Jehu, Elisha didn't even anoint him. He sent a servant to do it. 
There was so much authority. Elijah's commission was so much authority that three people down the line, not the same body, not the same mouth, not the same person, but the same authority. I'm not Elijah. I'm not Elisha. But we're servants of Almighty God. And the commission upon this bride is so powerful, church. You're sitting here tonight as a commissioned child of the living God. Under this message. No demon has authority over you right now. Some of you is needing something from God. Right now as a commissioned child of God. With the authority of a king upon you. Take your arrow of deliverance. And don't quit until it's dead. That devil ain't going to give you a break. He's going to waste. Young lady, you know what he's going to do? He's going to waste you. He'll eat you up. He'll, he'll destroy your life. And when he's done and nobody wants you, he'll give you back. Young man, he'll take the best years of your life and ruin them. You watch a crackhead, excuse me, you watch a crack addict walking down the street. Who's his God? That's what the devil does to people who serves him. No home, no life, no health, no car, no money, no family, destitute, homeless, and broken. And you want to serve that kind of God? But the God that I serve can take a homeless nobody and give him the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And God will pick that man up and wave him in front of the people and say, this is what I can do. This is how I can do it. Hallelujah. I can speak in foreign tongues right now. I tell you, there's a God here. This God is a saving God. This God changes lives. He don't, he don't leave you empty and struggling. He's a God that fills you, changes you. You might think that I've read about these things in the book or something. But I've seen young man after young man. I am the only living boy out of four. And the reason I'm standing here tonight is because I met Jesus Christ. Some of you are standing here tonight and there's people all around you. Some of them's in jails. Some of them, their lives are so ruined. By the time some of these girls are 30 year old, they got three or four children by three or four different men. Living just from nothing to nothing. At one time, they were innocent young babies. But Satan had his way with them. He lied. He said, Oh, I have so much pleasure for you, and I have so much good times for you. What a liar! 
Well, they had bought a liar. As a, as a man of God, listen, I am angry at what the devil's doing to lies. I am angry at the lies that he has told. At the promises he has made. And I'm old enough to know their lies. I've seen them. I've seen the lies that said, Brother Wayne, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to do this. And three or four years down the road, they're wrecked. Listen tonight. You've got an authority with God. You don't have to walk down them roads tonight. Here we stand tonight. Some of you, some of you have great experiences with God. You're so solid, you're solid as a rock. Some's come here tonight and they're in a real desperate time in their life. And they're feeding from the atmosphere of your faith. They're feeling that power. And while they're here, they're believing, well, everything will be okay. And then so they'll slip back out of the tent. In two days, they feel the same way they did before. And I'll tell you why. Because what you're feeling is the authority of believers standing around you. And while I'm preaching this gospel... I'm driving those spirits back from your being. And those believers that are sitting around you are creating an atmosphere. And those demons are backing away from the tent because they cannot stand in the presence of this anointing. While that is happening, open up your heart and say, God, fill me tonight. Come into this soul, Lord. Break into this man. I give you my everything, Lord. Maybe a young person sitting here tonight said, Brother Wayne, I want that in my heart. I want that. I want that in this meeting. I don't want to leave here. I don't want to leave here the way I came to this place. I don't want to leave here like that. I just wonder tonight, as we bow our hearts, maybe this is your night. This is your night. By the authority of God, we have drove the enemy back. These people of God have joined together tonight and worshiped and served. They've created an atmosphere conducive to birth. If you don't know Jesus Christ tonight, if you've never met him, I want to invite you to come tonight. So, Brother Wayne, I know the Lord. I'm having some serious struggles in my life. I want to invite you to come tonight. Went down in South America a few years ago. Held some meetings in Ecuador. The last night of the services we preached on Easter. And we left the meetings. We had powerful services, Brother Tom. Powerful services. 
and the senior pastor, he said to me, Brother, if you'll come to the house, he said, we'll take you. We'll go get some chicken and enjoy yourself with Brother Lino from Ecuador. So we got ready and we went to his house Sunday evening. Meetings are done. And when we got there, it was raining so hard. He said, Brother, let's just stay to the house today. We'll just have a chicken brought here. And he said, we'll just stay. I said, okay. So we had a bunch of granddaughters and they all gathered up around us and we were just visiting. And one of them was a little older and I could see the world on her. And while we were sitting talking, she started asking me questions about my ministry. Well, soon I realized that there was a there was a need. So while we're talking, we're just talking. And I just looked up at her and I took a pen off of the table and pulled a, a little blank envelope in front of me. And I said, young lady, what is your name? She said, well, my name's Katie. I said, how do you spell that? She said, why? I said, well, I'm going to write your name down here on this paper because I'm going to pray for you and God will give you the Holy Ghost. And she just started weeping. I mean, just started weeping. And I said, now this is different. What happened? She said, Brother Wayne, in your meeting this morning, I was sitting in the, in the, in the congregation. She said, I wanted to come. She said, but I, I've seen a spirit work on you where you knew what people were needing. And she said, I was sitting there praying and asking God that you would just single me out and ask me to come. And she said, matter of fact, she said, this is the last time I plan to come to church. And she said, I said, Lord, if you don't have that man speak to me. She said, I, I know you don't even care if I leave and I'm go back to this world. And she said, when you left the pulpit this morning, I decided that the Lord didn't want me. She said, but when you sat down at this table and you told me, I'm going to pray that the Holy Ghost will come into you. She said, brother, she said, I knew that Jesus Christ was speaking to me. And all of a sudden, there was about four or five more girls in there. And all of a sudden, them four or five girls walked over beside me and said, would you put my name on that list? And I turned around and looked at the granddad. I said, can I use, can I use your living room for a prayer room? And we sat there and led every one of them girls to the Holy Ghost. When we got done, the entire floor was full of the tears that them girls had prayed. Listen, I don't wait for me to call your name tonight. Our Lord Jesus has already called you. If you have a need tonight, you want to receive the Holy Ghost, won't you come? You need a deliverance in your life tonight, won't you come? Why wait to another day, to another meeting? Why give the devil another hour of your life? Why give him another moment? Won't you come tonight? Won't you step out into this realm and say, Lord, I'm coming to receive something from you tonight. I'm not, I'm not going to let the devil steal another moment of my life. I'm not going to do it. I'm not giving another hour. Father, as we begin to pray tonight. Hearts, Lord, that has begun to bow at this altar, Lord. Father, we have spoken things tonight that, Lord, they know are very true. And there's an authority in this room by your spirit, Father. 
that demons are fleeing from this room tonight by your word. Now we invite you tonight. For Lord, you said that if one would repent, Lord, that you would hear their prayer. That if you would faithful, if they would confess their sins, Lord, you would forgive them. Maybe if there's one that don't know you tonight, Lord, I pray that they would receive you tonight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. If they've never been baptized, may you baptize them tonight. May they ask for that water baptism. May they take that step with God. I pray, Father, if they want to hear tonight, maybe they're fighting a great spirit and they don't know how to overcome it. I pray tonight that they bring that thing to this altar and kill it in the presence of God. Father, send your angels now. Gather your angels around this altar, Lord. Send the delivering angels among us, Lord. Let them draw their swords and begin to chop away at the chains that hold your children, Father. Satan, by the authority of Almighty God, we bind you in this meeting. And we release the anointing of life upon these hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God.
pain, the demons at the back of the tent. Lord, allowing a gap, allowing a space of time. Lord, that Lord, those that are weak, those that are feeble, Lord, that are wounded, can make their way to Christ tonight. Lord, God, may each soul tonight enter in into a burden of prayer. Lord, that our righteous indignation would rise up against the enemy. Lord, as Satan would stand against God's people. Lord, tonight we've got the authority. You've given us the authority. So, Lord, may we not be given it and not use it. But, Lord, tonight we use it in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, may our faith reach the heavier garments. Lord, may each soul here lay it all down. Not one aspect, Lord Jesus, would be held back tonight. Oh, God, indeed your power can break every chain. Lord, there's power in the name of Jesus. Lord, as the songwriters bend down, Lord, may our voice cry out to you tonight, Lord.
is the opportunity that is here now for you tonight. Why would we ever want to let it pass by? Every chain, everything, every sin that so easily beset you, it can be laid down tonight. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus, and you've been given the authority. May we break through tonight. Oh, just sit. Sit and listen to the song. Sit and listen to somebody else pray. But you pray. You get under the burden. You might need to still make your way to the front. Because you might still have a dangling chain that God can break tonight. Don't wait till tomorrow. Not till Sunday morning. Tonight.
need to remember tonight that if indeed the chains are broken. Just remind him they're broken tonight. They're hanging loose. There ain't no when a chain is broken. There ain't no way for it to bind you anymore. He's saying the chains are loosed. Amen. My, I love to say the lines of that second verse. Fall broken to the ground. You gotta bring up that second, the second part of the second verse. Freedom's been proclaimed. Tonight, freedom has been proclaimed to you and to me. The captive, once held by chains, once bound by sin, but freedom's been proclaimed by the power of Jesus Christ and the authority given to his bride that you are loosed and the chains. Leave them here, young people. Leave them right there. Where in your chair? Leave them there. When you walk out that door and that door and that door, say the chains were left back in that tent somewhere. Never to be picked up again. A supernatural garbage sweeper is going to come through here and you'll come in the church tomorrow morning and you'll say, where'd they go? They were gone. I tell you where they went. In the sea of God's forgetfulness. Never to be picked up again. Don't you dare let the devil come back to your mind and try and plague it back to you. You point back to this night. You say, "Uh uh-uh, devil. God forgets. He forgot what I done. He forgot what I will do even because the blood covers. Today, yesterday, and tomorrow, the blood shall never lose its power. It's not just tonight. Oh, well, I got delivered tonight. But then some devil, some vice try to attack you. The same God, the same God that delivered you tonight is the same God that will keep you sanctified, holy, blood-bought, pure, righteous, strong, courageous. No cycle. No up, no down. A Holy Ghost-filled son and daughter of God walks forward, never looking back. Not just broken chains. It's a broken cycle. It's a broken cycle. Not the am I, am I saved? I'm saved. Am I saved? I'm saved. You're saved. God has saved you. He pardoned you. And he's filled you with the Holy Ghost. If that's your desire tonight, he desires it more than you. Then receive it and walk away. Never to doubt it again. Amen. The blood shall never lose its power. Oh, the blood that Jesus shed. Amen. You sing it with all your heart.
tank is empty. No, sir. It's a renewable. It's filled to the brim and it will never deplete. That's my God. My goodness. Did you enjoy that tonight? That's what we're here for. Deliverance. Chain break. That's why we do this. So that someone, even one, will walk out of here never the same again. That's why I put every bit of energy that I got till I am bone tired because I want to see somebody meet God. And I'll stand toe to toe with the devil fighting as hard as I can for your souls. God give each one of us strength. Not some jellyfish backbone that's got no bone, but a strong backbone of the word of God. My, I just love that on authority. Brother Wayne was preaching. I was thinking how that policeman, as Brother Wayne was saying, he'd just hold up his little hand. He could be a little teeny little thing. And that big old Freightliner truck bearing down on on that policeman, he puts it tweet his little whistle or something. All them engine brakes go on. That thing just grinding to a halt just right up to the nose of the policeman because he had to follow the authority that's put in him. <laughs> Let's reverse it. Let's reverse it. Because we heard tonight the devil has no authority. He's got Zippo. Zero authority. As Brother Wayne said, Brother Branham never gave the devil any authority. He said he put it back in the church. Is that right? So just jump in your faith freightliner. And the devil's out there on the road. And he's tweeting his little whistle at you saying, Stop! You can't be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. Stop! You don't think you can get delivered tonight. Stop! You can't get your healing tonight. Stop! And he's blowing his little whistle at you young people. Even now. He's still blowing it at some of you. But I'm telling you, start not not the engine brake, not the jake brake, but I want you to put the horn and say, I'm coming through, buddy, because you've got no authority to stop me. I'm driving my freight ladder of faith right over you. I hope that visual sticks with you, young people, because then you can look in your side view mirror and say, did I pass over something? You did, the devil. You left him behind. Dead and gone. Amen. You've got the authority. That's what you've been given because of a word for this day, this hour. My glory. Amen. I was thinking last night. I'm not preaching. No. I've been already done. But I was thinking, you know, young people, so now whose report are you going to believe? I was pondering that. The song popped in my head. Whose report do you believe? You know, Brother Wayne preached on Caleb, and Caleb and Joshua came back, and they said, we can do it. We're more than able. And we heard about Caleb last night. I loved it. My goodness. But I can imagine that they all stood there. And you're going to hear all the naysayers and the doubtful ones. 
And I'm asking, whose report are you going to believe? The devil's report of all his naysaying, what you can't do, and where you're not going to be, and you're just going to, you know, up and down again. Whose report are you going to believe? Or the Lord's report? Saying you are more than conquerors. You are overcomers. You are going to make it. There's a rapture for you. You are a Holy Ghost filled son of God. What are you to doubt it? Say, no, I don't think so. You already received it and you're doubting it. Whose report are you going to believe? Well, just sing the song with me then. We shall believe the report of the Lord. Amen. You know how to sing this song? It's like a little after time, right? Now whose report do you believe? I want whose report do you believe? I say whose report do you believe? One more time. Now whose report do you believe? For his report says I am healed. His report says this is worth dancing for, young people. Oh my, his report says I'm sealed. His report says victory. Amen. Okay. Whose report do you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. I'm saying whose report. after camp. It'll be short. The report says we're free. The report says I'm sealed. The report says we're healed. Amen. Glory be to God. That's my service. Because that sums it up. Amen. 
Amen. Why don't we close tonight with the song that was started almost at the beginning of Scripture, near the beginning. David sang, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Amen. For He hath done great things. Great things. If we could see in that supernatural realm tonight, great things were happening. As they say, or Brother Branham, I think, spoke the sunrise. An incredible thing. Incredible thing when the sun comes up, that burning ball of fire is just in the universe. But it doesn't make a sound. Not even a sound. In that realm, great things were happening. You might not have heard a sound, but the chains and the towers and the strongholds crumbled to the ground. Amen. So we can praise him and say, Lord, bless your holy name. Amen. Let's sing that together now. Oh, bless the Lord. tonight we came into this camp the last couple services were spoken on sunday it's about inheritance we heard about inheritance again 
Our inheritance is sonship. Have we received your sonship tonight? Amen. Let's close the service in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so privileged, Lord Jesus. We truly are a privileged people that we can come before you, Lord, as a beaten up people, Lord Jesus, as a sinful people, as a sinful man, Lord. But, oh God, to accept our inheritance tonight, Father, to know in whom we are, Father, for you have taught us, oh God, by your word. You've instructed us, Father, to take ownership over our lives, to take ownership, oh God, and to stand upon the neck of the enemy and say that Satan, you are defeated tonight. You are defeated in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall have no dominion over this people. You shall have no dominion over our lives once and for all. We are the sons and daughters of God, and we shall declare who we are. We shall walk who we are. We shall live who we are. We shall be who we are. We are the people of God, and we are worthy to receive your word to our hearts tonight Lord oh father even thinking today Lord that surely I am convinced Lord surely we're convinced that nothing shall separate us from the love of God neither height neither death nor any such thing father no demonic force no demonic realm no pornography Lord no spirit oh God no lust demon nothing tonight shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord we're so thankful oh God for you have called us father according to your purpose father even as we go from this place, Lord, I pray, Father, that every son and daughter of God, Lord, as they would leave this place, Father, that, oh God, that they would not leave this presence, Father, but, oh God, that it would be ignited within their soul, Father, that, oh God, if they would go off these campgrounds, Lord Jesus, that they would say, from that time, I was a different person. From this time, I was a different son of God. From this time, I was a different daughter of God because he filled me with his spirit and he had called me to his purpose. We thank you, Lord. We close this service, oh God, but let your presence not depart from us, Father. As we go to our captains, Lord, let the angels, oh God, be encamped about us, Father. Let the presence of Almighty God fill every room, oh God. Fill every heart, Lord Jesus, and fill every life, Father. Many demons have been cast out. We pray they will stay cast out, Lord. You've cleaned up houses tonight, oh God. We pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. We bless your holy name. 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 We bless your holy name, oh God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, we worship you, Father. We worship you, oh God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. To look around the room and see miracles, oh God. To see testimonies of the grace of God. It thrills our souls, Lord. Oh, Father, we love you, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, send these people now, Father. Even those who will leave from the campgrounds, Lord. Pray that they would be protected as they travel home. We pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would continue on with us, Lord. You're not done with us yet, for we're still here, Lord Jesus. Expecting, oh God, another service tomorrow, another service tomorrow morning, another service tomorrow evening, Lord. Bless the servants of God who have poured out their lives, Lord Jesus. Pray that you would fill them, Lord. You would anoint them, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we love you, Lord. We dismiss the service in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on grounds.
must leave. That's fine. You're dismissed in Jesus Christ's name. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'd say if you haven't, even if you're still in that little tug in your seat, don't leave until you know God is done with you. In my mind, I was thinking about, but Wayne was talking about the, the strong the faith, the strong in faith and holding the devil's back. I was thinking about the Cape Buffalo. I even seen a video, and they would, there were some lions coming in trying to get the little ones. But then Cape Buffalo, they'd create this big barrier, and they'd keep them little ones in. They just keep their heads out, and they create this circle, all their horns out, and that lion couldn't penetrate. He got tore up something. I was just thinking, Lord, may those mommies and daddies, these faith warriors in our church, just be standing like that, horns out, and our little ones right behind us, holding that enemy back while the Lord can deal with you. Amen. Because if time should tarry, you just move your way into that front row. Say, I'm here too now. There was a time I was back there being protected. But now I'm out there front as a warrior. Amen. God's birthing warriors. Yes, sir. Amen. You're dismissed. In Jesus Christ's name. And as you go, we'll sing. Once. My heart and soul were fed. Amen. You shake hands with one another. You have a wonderful evening tonight. By the binding chains of sin. Oh, what the greatest.